Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Do you have a water leak and can't find where it's coming from? Are you dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business? Then call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356 for immediate assistance. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, and their team is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will then clean, dry, and fully restore the damaged areas. Water Cleanup of Florida is fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping that busy homeowners and business owners require. There is no need to bring in other contractors. They will handle the entire project from start to finish. Service areas include Miami, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone at 954-579-0356. That's 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six, or visit their website at wcufl.com. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another victorious edition of Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is here. And as always, we are brought to you by Manscaped. Use promo code 5RSN. You get 20% off your entire order plus free shipping. Use it, 5RSN. And of course, Price Picks. Use the promo code 5, F-I-V-E. You deposit $100, you get $100 in bonus, and it's a one-time rollover, which means you bet it over once. And you get $100. It's essentially a free $100. Go and do it. F-I-V-E. And, of course, BetterEdge.com. Go to BetterEdge.com and type in BetterEdge.com slash the number five reasons, and you get a $25 sign-up bonus. All right, guys. I'll start with you, Simon. How much fun was that yesterday? I I had a blast. I haven't had that much fun watching a game since the Ravens game. Well, the the Bills game was more uh, anxiety-filled. I haven't had that much fun in 
four weeks. <laughs> Make it sound like it was like 1986 or something. It was four weeks ago. I was like it was like six weeks ago. Six weeks ago. Oh, wow. Okay. I haven't had that much fun watching football for six whole weeks. <laughs> this team is really, really, really fun. Like, there's a lot. Or, and or this quarterback. Against the Lions? I mean, that's... <laughs> Yeah. No, I was irritated uh, against the Lions. I was irritated because I was like, "Why is this game close?" And they were from, they were playing from behind. You know what I mean? So you well, get you a little. See, you, weren't, you weren't irritated about why this game was close because this game was yeah, really that, that that was really irritating. <laughs> nah, the Dolphins kept going up by ten, and 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 then yeah, we went up by eleven, and then back by three, and then they scored a two point conversion, and then Justin Fields ran for another eighty six yard run, and it, it it was I didn't enjoy a stay at all. <laughs> I didn't mind it. I, I had a blast watching that game. Um, the Bears, look, the Bears, I, I, I was dismayed to see what was what was going on on Twitter on Sunday. Oh, my God, this trash team put up 32 points. That trash team put up 33 against the, the Patriots, 29 against the Cowboys. And they had 250 rushing against the Patriots. 240 rushing against the Cowboys. They had 252 against us. That offense is a good running offense, and they score points. They found something. Anyway, I talked enough. What say you, Simon? What was the question? (laughs) How did you you feel watching that game? What did you make of that game? I I guess you you had anxiety. I didn't. I I was having a blast watching that thing. It was awful. How much were you drinking, Alf? Yeah, how, lot, much, how much are lot. you drinking right now? None, none. Uh, I've, uh, maybe you know this. I'm kind of interested in this game tonight. New Orleans, uh, Baltimore. Uh, kind of exciting, huh? No. Who wants to watch Andy Dalton play? Not me. <laughs> yeah, Andy Dalton. Really exciting. Uh, yeah, I haven't had this much fun watching a game for six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as long as hey, as long as New Orleans uh, New Orleans actually wins, then yeah. uh, then that's I'm that. fine. Good luck with that. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, how did I enjoy it? I mean, it was great whenever we did something good, which was quite a lot of the time, and then it was fucking frustrating. Just the penalties and the giving up the massive plays, giving up the big third downs. Every time we did something great, the Bears would come and do something great and Fields would do something ridiculous and we couldn't get off the field and our spies were useless and we can't run the same defensive scheme that we want to do. And then people are messaging me going, well, should we fire Josh Boyer at halftime? It's like, fuck off. What do you, What part of football don't you understand? It's like every single week I have to deal with these same fucking people. It's like, lads, you can't play the defense that they want to play because there's so many injuries on the back end. Yeah, but what about firing Josh Boyer? But like, what about firing yourself into the sun, you moron? It's just like, (laughs) I don't understand it. So it was frustrating. It was exciting. It was tense. It was more frustrating because we're a really good team and we've got a really good chance this season to be really special. And these games, the Pittsburgh, Detroit, um, Chicago, Cleveland, Houston games are so massive. They're such a huge part of the season in terms of determining whether or not we end up in the playoffs, where we go. You know, who wouldn't want to have a home playoff game to, you know, under the lights, national TV, this offense absolutely firing would be fucking sensational. You get into the next round, you're like, anything could happen. But, you know, that would just be the joy, the dream, wouldn't it? So 
that, that you know, it, it's different to previous years because we are good and we do have talent. So, you know, and, and I think, look, there, there, there are two flip sides to this. I, I thought everybody says that the defense is terrible. The defense is terrible. We've got a fire, Josh Boyer, blah, 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 as I've just said. But like, look, there are there are upsides to the downside in a way. And the upside to the defensive downside is that you're just not going to play a team like this or a player like this very often. There's very few quarterbacks that can do what Justin Fields did yesterday. And it's extremely hard to defend. And I'll tell you why it's extremely hard to defend, because you look at his big runs, his big runs almost exclusively came off plays where there was just nowhere for him to throw the ball. The coverage was so good on the back end. And then he just is able to break contain and, and, and make yards with his feet. And people say, well, why didn't they tackle him? Well, that's all well and good. But imagine running backwards for 10 yards as fast as you can, then turning, having to run for 20 yards to, to the sideline, and you're in perfect coverage. And you know that you're doing your job perfectly. And then you flip your head backwards, and this 230-pound dude is running like Usain Bolt, you know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, you've just got to stop what you're doing and run in the opposite direction and try and tackle him. And it, it's just not that easy. And, and I, I just, you, you're just not going to play these guys all the time. Yes, Lamar Jackson can do it. Yes, Pat Mahomes can run about a bit. And, you know, his magic last night with his feet. Yes, obviously Josh Allen could do it. But they, they can't do it to the level that this kid can do it. And certainly not to the level that he did it yesterday. So I, I, I think there's upside to the defensive downside. It's hard to play the defense Josh Boyer wants to play when three-fifths of your, of your starting secondary are displaced with injury. The four-fifths, if you count, Javon Holland having to play a completely different position, really, than he had to play last year. And five-fifths, if that's a word, and Chris knows more about fractions than I do, but five-fifths, essentially, when you realise that Xavier Howe's playing on a gimpy uh, groin. So it is a massive issue for the Dolphins. Offensively, I thought Jeff Wilson was great. I think Alex Ingold's fucking sensational. He's so good, Ingold. Hill is brilliant. Waddle is brilliant. Gasicki is a flid. Armstead is sensational. Connor Williams is great. I thought two was unbelievable for the most part yesterday. There were three plays I'd like back. And again, you know, people talk about it that, you know, the fourth down play. And the reason I made the point, I made the point on OnlyFins that, you know, I came on and said two was amazing, but there were three plays that really annoyed me. The the drive before halftime, the throw to the heels a touchdown if he just throws it out in front of him. The fourth down play. Obviously, the fourth down play and the play at the end where he had Wardle by three yards and underthrew him and, and Johnson knocked it away. Not in the context of yesterday's game. I think that's what people misunderstood. My point more being that if he makes those, if we, if we find ourselves in those situations down by three in Kansas City in January, up by three in Buffalo in January with a playoff game and a, a trip to the NFC Championship or a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, those are the plays that you got to make. And so my point was projecting to a January situation where you know, I, I I I don't want us to lose a game because Tua makes that throw to Durham Smythe yesterday and and doesn't or doesn't make that throw, if you see what I mean. Or he underthrows Waddle when he has him by three yards on Tredavious White to put the game away against Buffalo and put us in the Super Bowl. That's the point. He was unbelievable yesterday, um, and he's been great back to back weeks in terms of just the little things, the eye manipulation. I know I'm ranting and raving, and sorry, Chris, uh, and and just going off, but um. But yeah, the, just the eye work, the 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 timing, the way that he comes out, of the, the the ability to manipulate second level and third level defenders, but especially second level defenders is next level stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a really well coached game. Jeff Wilson was excellent. Most it's great. Just you know, it's a sexy team to watch. But fuck no, did I? I didn't enjoy a single second of it. Not a single second.
Yeah, and I'm completely with you on a couple of those throws. And, and I know that, that Chris took a little exception to it. But, man, I thought that that play to Durham Smythe, I'm not going to blame Tua, although just put it on him, okay? But Durham Smythe, what the hell are you doing turning your back to your quarterback? I don't think he's turning his back. I think he, uh, if you look at the All-22, he, he, uh, he turns quickly upfield, his head upfield, because I think he thinks he's going to score, and he probably is going to score. So I, I completely understand. He's so wide open. I completely understand why he does that. But, yeah, I mean, just come on. That that's on the quarterback. Put it, put the, I mean, throw the ball to the guy. You're literally <laughs> nobody's near you. You've rolled out. You're on the move. The guy's yeah. eight yards away. Just put it on him. Even if he, even if Smythe catches it and falls over on his fat ass, it, it, it's pretty much game game over because they're going to burn another minute and a half, two minutes. And, yeah, and if that. you watch the play, it's just Smythe and number six, whoever the hell that is. Okay. And last I checked, number six is like a 190 pound defensive back going up against a 260 pound tight end. I think yes, we got that cool. one. Yeah, it's Kyler Gordon. So, you know, it's yeah. you, you truck him over, you just, you know, fall down, stay in bounds, get the first down, run off two minutes of the clock, kick a field goal, let's all go and have a party in the 305. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, but no, I didn't have any, any much fun at all. Yeah, and that deep one to, to Waddle, I, I said it on, on Twitter. It was one of those, uh, you know, aim small, miss small. That was not the case, man. Throw the regular ball. He pulled the string on that. He pulled the string on that ball. And I'm I'm still trying to figure out why. Like somebody has to ask him that. Yeah. Because he, he deliberately did. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really needed to throw a reg the, the regular fade right there was going to be good enough to go 70 yards for a I, touchdown. I'll tell, tell you the ball he needed to throw, right? Go back to the LSU Alabama game and he throws the, the touchdown at the end of the game to Devonto Smith when they're down like 45, 35, and he throws the first down, literally top of his drop and actually pings it down the left sideline to Smith over Byron Stingley and he goes in for the touchdown. That's the ball he needs to throw. Not this sort of air Russell Wilson air looper ball that he's sort of perfected on these kind of pass interference calls that we're getting down the field. It's th that this was just a um this was all like last week the, the touchdown to Waddle, the the sort of the 40-ish yarder in the second quarter. He almost overthrew Waddle there. He almost put too much on it. I I feel like he's got to put too much on this balls you know what i mean just lead the guy out in front and that that's a 75 yard touchdown everybody's you know sucking his balls so <laughs> yeah I, yeah i think it was one of those i don't want to say he choked but it's one of those like holy shit he's so wide open if i miss him i'm gonna look like a clown no you look like a clown uh, by letting eddie jackson make a play on it all right one last thing before i get to, to chris uh simon are you nervous about jason sanders yet no, no, I'm not at all. Look, we've had this conversation before. There are not very many good kickers out there, and there's certainly not very many good kickers just kicking around on the street at the moment. So, I mean, yes, he should have made the kick, but no, I'm not nervous about him. All right, moving on. Chris, your thoughts? Uh, on the whole game? <laughs> yeah, 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 the whole game. Fair uh, Start on so the first drive. Let's let's first let's go play by play. Let's go play by play. All right, first let's play. play by, was, okay, uh, let's play. Let's play by play this one. Um, first and ten, we had. Um, no, I I think that the the Durham Smythe play the the um, you know as you're talking about, I, I reality is it's on both players. Um, I think both players made a mistake. Uh, Tua Valoa clearly made the 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 trigger mistake because ultimately he's got to throw the ball well um and he he didn't and he but he had that it was a sort of a chain of mistakes that started somewhere and it could have ended before before disaster and instead it just ended in disaster um and i think that uh the the one that he underthrew to waddle i 
I still, I'm a little still confused about that one because I know the body language and he pulled the string on purpose on that ball. And I'm not, I'm not sure why, like what, what that was about the decision-making, but it was a decision-making. We've seen him make bad decisions before, right? So, um, so he made a bad decision there. Uh, whereas, you know, a bunch of people are going to try and spin that into, oh, the ball died in the air. He doesn't have the arm. And, you know, no, that wasn't it. He made a bad decision for some reason. And I wish I knew why. Um, but as for the rest of the game, you know, obviously he had a he had a pretty great game uh, offensively. I, I, I look at that on defense. A couple of things that stood out to me is one we're we're leaning on we're leaning on some guys on some weak links on defense. And Simon alluded to it. Obviously, we have a lot of the the injuries, but uh, in the secondary. But even going aside from that, you've got like say a rookie like Cater Coho who is good for a rookie and yet there was a play where you know he needed to contain he needed to contain the outside contain the sideline and he gave it up he literally just gave up the sideline uh for a touchdown and you know i i think that uh instead of fighting through fighting through to it knowing that he's got either he shuts down the sideline or nobody does you know um and I think that uh you're leaning on him you're leaning on a Bradley Chubb who just got here he played like over 70% of the snaps. And um, I don't know if anybody realizes this, but Bradley Chubb, not only has he never played like a Justin Fields before in the NFL, he's never played Lamar Jackson either or, or Kyler Murray or, you know, any, you know, I, I don't think anybody with that speed, you know, that kind of speed um, at the quarter, at the trigger position. And, uh, and he lost contain. He did lose contain uh, several times. Uh, and he also lost contain on some plays where you, you think that schematically he might have he might have, you know, had had responsibility to not let, um, you know, not let the screener outside of him or something like that. And, and but he's new. He, he's, he's brand spanking new and you're relying on him for 75 percent of the plays. That's I think that was uh, I'm not going to say a mistake. I'm sure they did what they felt like they had to do. But um, but you're leaning on him. You're leaning on a Keon Crossan, who had the worst performance that I've seen him have. Um, you know, to to date, he was he was bad. He clearly had issues with the size of Chase Claypool, um, and hopefully they learn from that because uh, because going forward, you're going to want to make sure that he doesn't get matched on you know, against players that present that sort of size speed um, combination as Chase Claypool does. Um, I think that Xavier Howard, this is the, the problem with this season for Xavier Howard is he's, he's probably, you know, the least healthy he's been in, in a couple of seasons overall. And yet we're relying on him the most that I've seen Miami rely on him in a while. in as much as he is all over the place. You know, he, he is, he is traveling all over the place and he's, he'll go into the slot. He'll go, um, you know, he'll go wherever, uh, Xavier has a kind of a history of being mostly outside. And, and I think that, um, I think that we're seeing, we're seeing him do more sometimes, you know, in, in the way that they, they move him around with these players and have him travel that, you know, he gets into problems like he did with that touchdown. Where he gave up, he gave up that touchdown in the game, and he's given up some touchdowns this year. Uh, unfortunately, he did have an interception that was called back. I didn't think the, I, I thought the holding on that was was kind of BS. 
Um, even even some people that you know are not likely to give the Dolphins any credit uh, or or make any excuses for them kind of thought the same thing about that holding call. Um, but yeah, so so you and then and then you have Channing Kendall who was in for only five snaps and. <laughs> I think one of them was good. Um, yeah, on but, the first drive, first drive, really good, yeah, really good. Snap. On the first drive, I think one of them was good, but you know, it clearly, clearly doesn't know how to play spy. You know, it, it, at an NFL level against this this sort of uh, this sort of athlete at the trigger position, and that goes for a lot of the players on the defense because our spies were terrible. Um, now, our like, spies, yeah, and, and I got to say something about this. I don't know who the hell teaches that on, on this defense. Uh, I, I think the coaches, I I know for a fact the coaches don't teach that or the players were completely screwing it up because Channing Tindall was at seven yards and he was sucking up to three just because the line is moving forward. You don't suck up. You stay at seven and you run downhill at the quarterback when he takes off. You do yep. not suck up because if you suck up, you give up the angles, you give up the sidelines, you give up the edge. So I don't know what the hell he was doing, but as oh, the pass rush was going, it wasn't just he, him, right? <laughs> all of them were doing it. All of them were doing it. And it was driving me insane as it was happening. I was like, you understand because the pass rush is going that way, you don't go with them. You stay mm-hmm. at seven yards and you don't move from there. That's what a spy does. Seven yards. Yeah. You mirror the I mean, quarterback. There's, there's clearly it. an issue. There's clearly an issue there. And I was looking through the the quarterbacks list of who, who we're going to play from here on out. And I'm not trying to make judgments on you know just because the quarterback is not you know is is not great, we're automatically going to win the game. I'm trying to think about you know does anybody else pose the sort of risk that Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson did? Um, and and no, the Dolphins don't play anybody quite like that for the well, rest Josh of the Allen, year. Josh Allen, maybe. Well, it, it's not the same. It's not the right. same. It's not the same speed by any by any measure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know he's he's clearly big and strong, and I'm I'm not taking anything away from Josh Allen uh, and what he can do with his legs. I've loved it since you know going all the way back to Wyoming, but um, but it's not the same. Uh, it's not the same with Patrick Mahomes either if they face him in the playoffs. I'm just thinking, you know, is, is somebody out there that has this level of speed um, that I mean, they're they're running plays again. They were running zone zone reads uh, against this defense where, you know, it, it was clear it was, it was college stuff. And, and this this the guys on this defense were just unprepared for it. They just seemed individually unprepared. I'm not going to say if it was scheme or not, because, you know, I, I, I don't. I try not to get into that with um about the coaches because you know I mean, they all know more way more than any of us do. Um, but but ser- certainly individually, some of these players looked like they were not prepared for what they were going to face. Uh, on you know in in the the threat of Justin um Justin Fields. So uh, you know that I I take what I take from it is I'm actually a little bit more concerned. For example, about last week in Detroit and how they diced us up versus how Justin Fields individually diced us up in this game, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, You know, going on, taking that extrapolating from, from what we've seen to, you know, go forward uh, last week kind of concerns me still a little bit more than, than what we saw against, um, against Chicago this week. Um, but yeah, it, it was just a, it was good. I mean, it was a, it was a good combination of things for our defense to just go out there and play shitty. That's why I thought this was either going to be a shootout or a loss. You know, this is um, 
game predictions, I think I said 31-28, something like that. You know, that's kind of how I imagine the day the day being. It was long going to be a long day for our defense. Our defense hasn't proved yet they could play on the road. Um, our defense hasn't proved that they can play against these hypermobile uh, quarterbacks. Um, so I think that uh, going forward, you know, we, we take from that. Uh, and hopefully, you know, it, God forbid we get a Byron Jones back. Um, you know, God forbid Bradley Chubb gets a little bit more up to speed on, on responsibilities in this defense and or they get comfortable giving him more responsibilities. Um you know, that he can handle as he gets, gets going in this defense. Um, Channing Tindall, you know, if they're going to rely on him at some point, he's going to have to play proper technique as a, as a spy. Cause right now you can't put him out there as that uh, Keon cross and God, you hope he doesn't pr- play like that. And you hope it was just that he was facing, you know, this big six foot three or four or whatever, 240 pound chase Claypool who runs like a four, four Oh, or whatever. Um, you hope it was just intimidation factor from the just the pure size, strength, speed profile of Chase Claypool because he was engaging in a lot of pass interference that he didn't need to, you know, Keon Crossan was. And he had an overall bad game, and he had a bad game trying to tackle Chase Claypool as well. Um, so, you know, do we did we fix anything there going forward uh, yet, you know, even with Bradley Chubb? unfortunately we're going to have to kick the can further one down the road and see and see because we don't know yet and we don't know the answer to that question yet um offensively though i i would say that i i i would look forward to seeing austin jackson out there at right tackle again uh never thought i would say that um but uh but yeah i, I don't trust brandon shell in pass protection he had some serious issues in pass protection during the game uh, allowing pass rushers to get his inside shoulder uh, interestingly, I'd have more of a sanguine um, outlook for uh, for Robert Jones at left guard. Uh, I think that he had some he took some lumps in the run game uh, where he, you know, he missed some guys, especially out in the second level. And there, there was uh, one play where Teron Armstead gave him a nice talking to about his responsibilities uh, on, the, on the run play. Um, but overall, you know, I, he seemed more trustworthy in pass protection, although albeit with uh, less responsibilities than you'd have at a right tackle. But there were also moments in the run game, you know, with his run blocking that looked brilliant, you know, absolutely brilliant um, with Robert Jones. So I think that there could, they could have something there. They clearly have something with Jeff Wilson. Mm. Um, Very, very happy about that acquisition and what he was able to produce immediately knowing the offense. Uh, I, I don't think we saw anything, you know, ironically, this was Hunter Long's best game, maybe as a Miami Dolphin, and then he goes in a concussion protocol. So, um, you know, more's the pity there. But, uh, but I think that you know, as far as answers on offense, we actually probably got a few more uh, of those answers on offense. Um, but the defense, you know, again, punting for 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 another week. I, I'm, I'm waiting. We're all waiting for it. All right, and you know we're gonna go to break right now, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about individual players on on this on this defense and on this team, as as well as the Buffalo Bills quarterback, which there seems to be some some news trickling in, which is kind of important. But first, these words: This show is brought to you by Liquid Death. What a great logo, right? Looks like a tall boy beer can. Liquid Death is actually mountain spring water from the Alps, available in still, sparkling, and these flavors: severed lime mango chainsaw, and my favorite, Buried Alive. 
I actually bought another 12 yesterday. Buried Alive is my favorite and my new go-to day drink. It's no longer a secret. This is the most underrated thirst quencher in the market. Buy it today. Liquid Death kills your thirst, and the infinitely recyclable cans are environmentally friendly. Liquid Death also donates 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Go get Liquid Death at your local Publix, the Fresh Market, or Whole Foods Market, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash three. That's our dedicated website, by the way. T-H-R-E-E, liquiddeath.com slash three. Follow Liquid Death on social media, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. Use the hashtag, hashtag MurderYourThirst, and hashtag DeathToPlastic, Liquid Death. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And we're back. And, well, it was an interesting weekend in the NFL, which is to say our game, Bears-Dolphins, was actually good football. Uh, everybody else was kind of awful. It was kind of really bad football. One of those bad football games was Jets-Bills. Very briefly, first of all, your thoughts, Simon, on Jets-Bills. And then second of all, this injury that Josh Allen might have sustained. It could be a UCL injury. I'll explain it a little bit more in a second. Um, how big was that result and what could be going forward? Um, I mean, uh, to be honest, I pay little heed to that result. I, I think that it's always really difficult for teams that... Um, I just don't think it's great for teams to be um, unbeaten or to be, you know, hanging out there week in, week out and just kind of defeating everybody. I often think that, like, New England used to use the first four weeks of the season every year to just try stuff out. and They were never usually amazing. And then, you know, they care about December and January. And I think that's very much the kind of the Buffalo sort of, the Buffalo sort of way. So it's raining really hard here, if you can hear that on the microphone. Um, I think that's the Buffalo way. I, I think they're basically just managing their schedule until January. I think they'll have a couple more clunkers along the way. I just think that's the 
that that's the way it'll be in terms of the uh injury i i just don't know enough about it i'm i'm not a medical doctor unfortunately i'm a love doctor Can't that, <laughs> that was the worst thing i've ever said to anybody ever um uh i i i genuinely don't know um so i'll leave that to you because i know you've had a is it a tommy john is it i i know you had no surgery. i didn't have the tommy john surgery but i had a ucl okay okay yeah, to to UCL to me means University College London, so <laughs> I don't think Josh Allen's got one of those. So, yeah, it's uh, uh, how do I? I don't even know how to pronounce this. It's ulnar, ulnar, ulnar collateral ligament, right? Ulnar. See, ulnar? It, so let me talk about it. Um, <laughs> okay. Ulnar collateral ligament. All right, it's it used to be called a thousand years ago. Okay, it used to be called dead arm. All right. And it's really weird. You don't know when it happens because all of a sudden you feel like, okay, this doesn't feel right. Like my arm is a little sore, but it happens all the time, especially when you play baseball. You throw the ball so much that after a while you're like, man, my arm's sore. You know what I mean? Maybe I'm done for the day. I'm done with practice. Let me go rest. But when you get this injury, you feel like, okay, my arm's a little sore. Then the next thing you get out, then you're like, okay, what's wrong with me? How come I'm throwing as hard as I can and it's getting out there like Chad Pennington? Like, wh what's going on? Like, you know, what's wrong with me? You go get it checked out and you're like, okay, guess what? You have an ulnar collateral ligament damage here. Okay, you have it stretched. You have, it a sp you have a sprain. If you have a tear, forget it. It's Tommy John surgery and you're out for 18 months. Okay. But if you have a sprain, you could keep throwing. You could even be f effective. It's just increased excruciating pain and you won't get better unless you take some rest usually about four weeks oddly enough josh allen had it in 2018 and he sat four weeks with the same injury okay but usually you get back to about 100 percent with proper and trust trust me these guys are going to have the best medicine all right they're gonna have the best training the best rehab in about a calendar year he'll be right back to 100 percent. but he would need some rest and management if that's what he has i think it's a big deal i don't know what you think chris i mean i i have no opinion on the um uh, the injury i just i think uh, all i know is that you know he had he had a really admittedly a really shitty day um uh, passing uh passing the ball um i think he said something like it's hard to win when your quarterback plays like shit um and you know, he, he was talking about himself and to have that kind of day on the same day, you know, cause people are like, Oh, well, you know, even after the injury, he, he threw a 70 yard, whatever to, to, uh, Gabe Davis. Um, I get it, but you know, overall to have a bad day on the day when he's having an injury issue like that, it raised my eyebrow a little bit. Um, is he going to keep playing? Is he going to be fine? I I have no way of knowing that. I know that in the history, in his history as a passer, his accuracy has tended to go uh, out the window when uh, he has a habit of dropping his elbow uh, when he when he throws the ball. Um, and that was one of the main things that they worked on to uh, to get his accuracy up the way it is, so that he didn't have these you know these weird flubs where he you know throws the ball ten yards you know overthrows at 10 yards or something like that um but yeah he's obviously one to work on it's it's not it's not a situation i would i would want the bears or sorry <laughs> the bills to um 
to to go through uh, any more than you know the Dolphins with Tua Tonga Valoa. I'm sure if if Josh were to miss some time, then they would be missing him greatly in that offense, uh, just as we did when uh, when Tua was concussed and uh, and sat the better part of three games. So um, you know, I think you know, that's it's unfortunate. I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Yeah, that, that team is going through serious injury issues right now. Matt Milano missed that game. Um, Ed Oliver is back with his his knee issues. Greg Rousseau left the, the, the game in the second quarter and did not return, I, don't, I believe. But, uh, yeah, if he has to miss four weeks, that opens up everything for everybody. The problem is Kansas City won last night, and it looks like it's a runaway train for the one seed, doesn't it? Because while Buffalo is flubbing around, Kansas City's finding ways somehow. And this time they did. I don't know. Did you see that game, Chris? Because it was ridiculous. It was Pat Mahomes doing a Lamar Jackson impersonation at the end of that game. It yeah, like- I mean, at the at the end of the game. But it's sort of, I, I don't know. My, my, thoughts on, my thoughts on it were overall, I didn't think Kansas City looked unbeatable in the game. You know? Well, um, no, they were playing against a team that was scared to death to throw the ball with Malik Willis. I, I look, I saw him I saw a little bit, you know, I'm not I'm not an expert on Liberty, but I saw enough tape on him to know like he has some throws. What the hell was that? Like that that's how you're gonna manage well, a young quarterback? Just just have him hand off and then throw nine routes and hope for pass interference. Well, I, you know, I exactly, but but I mean look at the other side of the ball though, with Pat Mahomes. If Pat Mahomes is is has the ball 74 times in a game, which is what he did. Yeah. Sorry. No, um, he, he dropped back to pass 72 times in the game. He also had six run with six brushes. So 78 plays, 78 plays for that, for that quarterback, uh, you know, the greatest out there right now. And they, they scored, they scored 20 points and, and, uh, you know, it's at the, and, it's final, final, final game for or final minute type of heroics. Um, something's up there uh, with with that. So you know that's that's what I took from it. But um, but you know obviously obviously Pat Mahomes is very scary toward the end of the games, and I think that uh, there are a couple of quarterbacks out there that are scary at, at, toward the end of the games. So um, I don't think it's a runaway. I don't think it's a runaway for number one seed for them at all. I think uh, if you look at the Dolphins' schedule, they they don't have a, a very intimidating schedule uh, for the rest for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, yes, there are challenges, but um, you know, Miami. Are you going to say, the, you gonna say uh, the Pat Riley line? There are obstacles, but there are no obstacles. Well, right, essentially, yeah. um, and and the Dolphins have it in their hands to get the number one seed. In my opinion, they right. they can't. 33, um, the uh, remaining uh, teams we play against in terms of their record. What's that? 33, 33 and 1, in fact, is the uh, record of the remaining teams we play. 30, who, who, has, who has the tie? I don't know. Maybe I just made that one up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen it. I, I don't know if I've seen a tie this year yet, but. There has do, been a tie. Do year, the though. Chargers have the tie? Oh, oh, no. Houston has the tie. Houston, yeah, Houston, yeah. Wow. wow. Okay, so somebody has a tie. Yeah. No, I, I think the intimidating uh, aspect of the schedule is, is certainly that three-game road trip, uh, the three three consecutive road games Chargers, against San Francisco, Chargers, and Bills. You know, that's 
that's that's the the crucible. But um, but if they can get through that pretty well, I, I think that they have a shot at they have a shot at number one seed. Um, yeah. I don't think anybody's dominating the a- AFC right now. Uh, not even the Bills, who just lost to the Jets. You know, um, as we did. You know, as we lost to the Jets. Uh, and Kansas City did not look unbeatable by any means. Uh, I just, I think that is still open. Um, and so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, the the Titans, the, the even the Titans, like everybody. Last night, Chris Collinsworth was creaming himself over the Titans. Man, when they get Tannehill back, they're going to be a problem. Remember, there were the one the one seed last year. They had AJ Brown last year. There's no AJ Brown this year. The guy that they There's wanted, no. the guy that they wanted to replace AJ Brown with, is on IR right now. Okay, mm-hmm. so there is no no Tannehill component because there is no AJ Brown. That's why they were good last year. Is they run it down your throat and then they hit you with a sixty yard bomb to AJ Brown. And then the be defense fair, has always been competent. To be fair, they, I mean, incompetent quarterback play cost them a game that game last night. They should yeah. have won that game. Mm-hmm. They should have won that game on the road against Kansas City with a backup rookie, with a third round rookie quarterback, and they still should have won the game. So, uh, you know, I think um, these things aren't quite as. You know, I, I'm not sold that history necessarily has anything to say about what happens this season in terms of what Tennessee do. They're also coached by arguably the best coach in the NFL. I mean, Mike Vrabel's an outstanding coach. Um, he is an outstanding coach. So, you know, I think that plays a lot into it as well. But um, I wouldn't count the times. I, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to be going to Tennessee to play them in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. all right, Simon. Two big additions last week: Bradley Chubb, Jeff Wilson. One. You know, popped all over the place. That was that was a great performance by Jeff Wilson. Great pass pro block, uh, highlight block, really. Great run and a touchdown. Like you, you know, you couldn't have drawn up a better debut for Jeff Wilson. Bradley Chubb, uh, he chipped in. It seems to be like a dolphin staple, the almost sack. Uh he had two of those. But he looks great in uniform. And he looks great coming off that edge, man. It's just that, you know, he's never seen anything like that before. 6'4", 230 pounds that runs 4'4", and he runs right past him. You know, if if we're playing a stationary quarterback, I think Bradley Chubb gets a couple of sacks there. What did you make of their debuts? Yeah, I thought he was supposed to be on a snap count and um, obviously wasn't um, because he ended up playing 73% of snaps. Uh, but, you know, there were, it, I thought Braxton Jones, the left tackle, played really well, actually, I've got to say. Um, but I, I thought Chubb looked uh, solid and decent, given that he found out on Tuesday, he flew in on Wednesday, he's got to find a house, and he's got to do all the things that he had to do. And um, you see, he's just impressive to see him. His size, you know, how he accelerates, he flattens through rushes. Um, I, he's a good player, and I think he's, um, you know, the more we get, you know, the more we get through the season, the more impact and influence he's going to have. I, I, I've always liked Jeff Wilson. Uh, I was, I thought it was great that we. We brought him in. I thought it was sensational yesterday, running the ball. I thought it was sensational catching the ball. And I thought it was absolutely outstanding in pass protection. Go back and look at the film. Some of his pass protection was just absolutely phenomenal. So, um, yeah, both guys, a big, big tick for me. Yeah. Uh, Chris, Jeff Wilson, Bradley Chubb, your thoughts on on their action? You know, Jeff Wilson, he looked like he knew this offense and he came in, came in, hit the ground running, you know, so to speak. Um, so that was a good addition. It, it finally looked to me like we actually had, 
Well, I'm not going to say for the first time because, you know, I don't want to take away from Chase Edmonds, but, and he did have a game, I think maybe, or, or maybe even two where um, he was all right. But, um, but it, it did feel like it looked to me like the first time that we had the actual RB2 here um, behind Raheem Mostert. And that's, that's what it kind of felt like to me. Um, as for Bradley Chubb, this looked, to me, this looked like his first game, you know, playing for the Dolphins, 54 snaps after just getting off the plane a couple days prior. You know, it, it looked like that to me because he was losing. I mean, yeah, he, he is a talented player and you could see the talent um, just as you always see the talent with Jalen Phillips. So that doesn't mean Jalen Phillips is playing well. Um, I think that uh, you could see the talent and you could see what he can do as a pass rusher, but he was also losing contain. You know, he had a missed He had a missed tackle, at least one missed tackle as well um, against uh, Justin Fields. I don't think he's ever played a player like that, uh, and it looked like it. I think that there were there were sort of, you know, I'm not I'm not going to claim to be a coach or anything, but there were a few plays that you'd swear that you know maybe he he should have he should have had a little bit of outside containment that he didn't that he didn't take. Um, and so I think that, uh, I think that it was kind of a, a choppy performance for him, but he, again, he just stepped off the plane into this brand new defense to him. Unlike Jeff Wilson, who, who knew the offense already, uh, he, he stepped on off the plane a couple of days ago. So give him a little bit of a break there. Um, and, and I don't think anybody else knew really played, uh, or anybody that we hadn't seen before. I was, I was looking, I was looking through the snaps. Um, and I, I think that those were the only new guys that we had seen. Although, you know, Robert Hunt, this was his first start. Um, so, um, but I thought, I thought Robert or sorry, not Robert, Hunt, Robert Jones. Um, this was his first start. I thought that was very up and down. Um, uh, there was some good ups that, that give me some, some hopes about uh, going forward. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, some, some of the downs we'll see if he can iron those, those out. I, I know there was a, at least one, you know, kind of semi bad looking play in pass protection. Um, but honestly, it looked, it looked a little trashy to me. It didn't look like it didn't, it didn't look like a, a clean, necessarily like oh i'm gonna kill this guy for this play or, or something like that i thought he i thought he did all right um otherwise i think those are the three new guys yeah uh you got me curious so i looked it up uh bradley chubb versus like that type of quarterback he played only uh, i gotta check it right here he played against lamar jackson no he didn't he played against joe flacco it was Joe, against Joe Flacco? It was Joe Flacco in that game. There it is. Yeah, yeah it is against Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco threw for 277 that day. Yeah. No, it was not attempts. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it We're talking Lamar all the way Jackson. back in Bradley Chubb's first first year as a pro. Yeah. And uh, and when they played Baltimore, they played Joe Flacco. Yeah, he's he never, never even played, played. faced Terod Taylor. No. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Like, he's actually avoided that type of quarterback. I don't, I don't know if you're going to count Mitch Trubisky. He ran no, a little, no, but no, no, he's not no, in that class. No, 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 <laughs> no. So yeah, yeah. Like he's never played against a quarterback like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd. Yeah, I, it's kind of odd to actually avoid that. Yeah, he must. What he was seeing on Sunday was like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah, I'm not we're used talking to this. about guys that run four fours here. You know, <laughs> yeah. And, and when he was at NC State, there's nobody. There was nobody in the ACC at that time. 
that, that yeah, was I like that. I can't, re- I can't recall cleanly about that, but you know, yeah, I mean, still, I mean, so yeah. Well, wait a minute, there, there, was, was, there, that, was, there was that Clemson. Oh. Simon, you're better, you're better at this than we are. That Clemson quarterback well, it was pretty, pretty fast after Deshaun Watson. What was his name? Uh, I can see his uh, Danzler. That's no. the guy. No, no, was it him? Well, he was before Wood, Wood, uh, Woody was was before... Danzler. Or... Sure he was Woody Danzler. Was that after Deshaun, really? Because uh, it went to Sean straight to Trevor. Oh, they uh, went straight to Trevor. Yeah. No, there was a guy before Trevor, wasn't there? No, I'm pretty sure it went straight. I'm Man, sure. I, there's a, I, I know I have the name, okay? Uh, let me see. Uh, I'm going to look it up here. <laughs> Clemson QB. Oh, Kelly Bryant, was it? Yeah, there he is. There he is. Uh, say that name again for the listener. Kelly Bryant. There he is. But Oh, he, Kelly Bryant, yeah, yeah. He was fast, yeah. but uh, I don't know. Was he in that cat in that class? Did he even play against? Well, that's a that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, Kelly Bryant. Yeah, dude was a was a preseason Heisman favorite. He would have played against NC State back in uh, 2017. You're talking about you talking about Bradley Chubb? Yeah. Yeah. And then he went. I mean, to- I don't know how you consider James Blackman or. <laughs> I mean, that was the the well. DeAndre Francois was uh, was was around at that time too in Florida State, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think of all the quarterbacks from back then. You know. Yeah, you just got to find an NC State game against Clemson back then. Eric Dungey was pretty mobile, but not like that. Yeah, it's it's odd that he's actually avoided that his entire career. Oh, you career. know what? No, uh, he has played Lamar Jackson after him because he played him in college. Louisville, yes. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 there yeah. he is. Yeah. Although although Lamar Jackson was, was odd in college, he was much more of a pocket passer in college, which is weird to say. You well, know? Um, he did run for 73 yards and two touchdowns against NC State back in the day. Lamar back, or Kelly Bryant? Back in 2017. I'm talking about Lamar Jackson. Okay. All right. Yeah. But, you know, either way, come on. Bradley Chubb hasn't faced a guy, facing a guy like this since college. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Simon, what did you make of the, uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, everybody took to Twitter. We already talked about a little bit about this, about Josh Boyer. What did you make of our defense, our ends? And I understand what they were trying to do. But they ended up looking pretty bad most of the day first of all Emmanuel Agba has to be injured if, if he can't play sit out a week buddy okay try to try to get this week and the bye week and get right for the stretch run because you don't look good Jalen Phillips was running to the goal line on every snap and then having to trace back to Justin Fields were you as dismayed as as most on Twitter were about our, our performance by the front seven. Jerome Baker was lost on a couple of plays against Justin Fields. Or do you just chalk it up? Hey, man, this is Justin Fields. You know, move on. I mean, I said it earlier, mate. I, I just think you just got to put it down to these are not guys you're going to play very often. You just got to go over it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I tend to, to be with you right there. Uh, I just, you know, I just, I, I didn't like, you know, how did they not know how to play their t- their spy technique? Like that happens in college. Like you get taught that. You get taught that in high school. So, 
Yeah. All right. Moving on to other other players on this team. Um, you put your best out the 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 opposition's best athlete is up against you, and like I said earlier on, you've been doing this thing where you're running, sprinting left, right, changing direction really quickly, and he's been standing still essentially, and then he gets to run, and you've still then got to sprint after the the fastest guy on the team, the most athletic guy on the team, try and track him down. It's just not as easy as people make it want to make out it is. So. Yeah, and let me under, and let me explain something to, to those of you out there that that keep saying, "Oh, Baker is so average." No, no, you're average. Okay, Baker is as good or better at what he does than anything any of you people do in life. All right, Jerome Baker is being asked to read two gaps, the flat on the pass, and then the intermediate zone behind him. Those are four responsibilities, and he has to do all of that within one second after the snap. He has to understand where he's going. Okay, I think he's being asked to do way too much in this right. defense. Uh, I don't. Know, I don't know if you want to chime in, Simon or or Chris. Well, I just add that um, I think you saying that uh, if you think Jerome Baker's average, no, your average might be the best thing you've ever said in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give him credit for that one. <laughs> No, I, I think I think overall, just on, on defense, you look look from front to back, and you're seeing just a lot of players out there that you know we weak link types that um, that made a difference in the game. I mean, because this, this was a, a game of some big plays, and you had guys like Keon Keon Crossan, you know, kind of, he he was a big time weak link in the game. Uh, Elijah Campbell, Channing Tindall. Uh, Noah Igmanagini. Um, these are players that we we don't necessarily have great faith in, uh, and um, and they were they were they had to be out there in the game. Cater Coho, even you know, he's having a good year. He's 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 a good rookie, but there's going to be plays where it's just like, well, what were you doing there, buddy? And um, and I, I think that that's that's showing that showed up this week uh, in the kind of unique way that uh, that Chicago could threaten the defense. Um, you know, I'm not going to just – I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, they're not going to face the Chicago again as if Chicago is an offensive powerhouse. It's just – it's it's a it's a unique threat. It's a unique threat that they probably won't face again this year, uh, even in the playoffs um, necessarily. Well, unless they unless they play Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. But um, – but I think that uh, it, it is something. Again, I go back to the Detroit game. That was much more dismaying to me, mm. you know, because that was that was you know that was Jared Goff, and um, and I, I don't think. And yes, they have a good offense, but you're going to face good offenses as you get deeper into the season and into the playoffs. You're going to face good offenses. Don't you know? Have, make no mistake about that. Um, you might not face the guy with four four speed at the trigger position, but you're going to face good offenses. So whatever whatever was going on in that uh, Detroit game is is more pressing to me still to uh, to get fixed up. And no, I don't believe that they did it in the second half because they had three drives, you know that that didn't necessarily pan out. One of them turnover on downs because of the scoreboard pressure. I mean that's no, I don't I don't buy that. So get that fixed, and uh, and we'll see. All right. All right. Well, we're reaching the end of the show here, so we got to give out our game balls. It's another victory. So I'll go first. Uh, one very obvious one. I think we're going to go all three of us on that one. Tyreek Hill is is going to have, well, he's having so far a historic season. 
Okay. And no wide receiver has more yards through nine games in the history of the sport than Tyreek Hill. So that's one game ball. My second game ball is Teron Armstead. He got away with a couple of holds. Okay. Uh, and one was really blatant. They have the picture of it on the internet all over the place because I, I never knew that Chicago Bear, Chicago Bear fans, you know, bitched as much as they do. But Jesus Christ, man, like they, you know, they've, they've spent two days bitching about the officiating. Uh, Teron Armstead was guilty of one. I thought he was stellar. He has one on the on the Jeff Wilson long run. That block is ridiculous. He throws a guy across the field, and the guy flies for about fifteen yards. It's it's a highlight highlight play by a left tackle. And my last game ball, man, it's hard to give it to anybody on defense. But if you watched John Jenkins and Raekwon Davis, and Christian Wilkins, their work inside, it was stellar. There was a reason why only Justin Fields got the runs on what essentially were broken plays or design outside runs, and that was because Khalil Herbert got nothing inside. They couldn't run the ball inside. Those guys did good good work. All right, Simon, your game balls. Uh, Tyreek and Jeff Wilson. All right, Chris. I mean, that's pretty much exactly it for me as well. I mean, Tyreek. Tyreek obviously had the tremendous game. Um, Tua had a had a great game. It was probably nearly as good as last week, which is is tough to uh, follow up with. Um, wish he had some of those balls back at the end. I I agree there. Um, but you know the the to me the headline is is that's a great game for him. And then welcome to Miami Jeff Wilson. I mean I, I I'm very tempted with Jalen Waddle because he was outstanding to me. Um, but, you know, let's give the welcome to Miami guy, Jeff Wilson. All right. All right, guys. That's it. There is oh, no I'm, more. Let's just say something else before go we go. ahead. How about them Seminoles? Oh, oh geez. Uh, You're uh, on a Miami podcast. Uh, oh, we're really good at recruiting. Eventually, eventually, all those recruits. <laughs> I don't know what the hell we're going to do with those, all those recruits. Like, when does the winning start? Thank here. you. You hired Mario Cristobal so I can assure you a quarter past never. <laughs> that was awful. This is the worst. This is the worst hurricane season in a thousand years. Yeah, like this is I don't remember a worse one. Like there were years um, where okay, you know, dude, we had we entered the season with a first round quarterback. That first round quarterback looked like looks like garbage now, and his arm is falling off. So I had no idea that losing uh, losing uh, Braxton Berrios clone week one Restrepo was going to be such a problem, but they have no wide receivers, no skill players except two running backs, and then they don't they refuse to use the two running backs, and then then they get injured. Then of course they have two first roundish offensive linemen. They both get hurt, hurt, and they get hurt in the same game. And then Jalen Rivers now seems like he has a, a serious injury. It's a mess, a disaster. In Hurricane Land, all right. I mean, you, ha- you happy, Simon? It's it's all. I mean, I'm thrilled, right? I'm uh, yeah, it, it's been bad. Hey, but we're really good at recruiting. Like we keep getting these five star recruits. Eventually, we're gonna get those five star recruits. Just throw them on the field, and what they're gonna give us wins? Like they just come, like they just hand out wins. Then because well, we they have... just tally them up. They just tally up your recruits. The yeah, they tally they're... up all the stars, and they say, "Hey, you have a total of four hundred and twenty five stars on this team. You win forty five twenty one." You'll have Jimbo Fisher as the head coach next. Whoop, whoop. 
<laughs> all right, that's yeah. enough. All right, that's enough. Till next year, Simon. Okay, to be continued. To be continued. All right, the next time we talk to you, we're going to be talking to you about an actual big game. It's in Miami. It's going to be a whiteout, by the way. Tom Garfinkel's already decreed it. All the fans will be in white from head to toe. The team will be in white from head to toe. It's going to look awesome. That field is going to look beautiful. It's going to be a 1 o'clock game against a good opponent. That'll be a good test. Good team that could run the ball with a lot of talent on defense and offense and a marquee matchup. Toronto, and it's not Jacoby Brissett versus Tua Tungabaloa, by the way. Miles Garrett versus Teron Armstead. Heavyweights. We'll talk about it on Thursday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.